You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is December 11th. By the time you hear this, it'll probably be February. And my name is Tanya Pinkins, and you're listening to You Can't Say That on the Broadway Podcast Network. I spent two months of the pandemic. Wow, my lips, my mouth, it's a mess today. But I spent two months of my pandemic in Seoul, Korea. And I went there to edit my phone, Red Pill. And one of the people that I met there is my guest today. He is a fascinating man. Even though I only spent one day with him, he gave me so much material and he's just fascinating from just the six, seven hours I spent with him. And I wanted to share this brilliant mind with you guys. So join me in West welcoming Paul Matthews or as I was introduced to him as Paul Ajoshi. Right. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's my nickname. <laughs> that's his nickname. And he lives in Korea. And as you can hear, that accent is not Korean. Where are you from, Paul? I'm originally from the UK, uh, from a town called Abingdon near Oxford. But I've been in Korea for the past 20 years. So my home is here in Seoul. And you make theater in Korea, among I other things. I do. That's my that's my main job. I have other side jobs of translating and broadcasting and other bits and pieces. But yeah, my main passion is making theatre, especially theatre for young people, for children. Talk to us about that. This is the Broadway Podcast Network. How do you go from the UK to England and start making theatre in, in a country where you don't even speak the language? Well, it, well, it happens by accident. Is the is the easy answer? Uh, twenty years ago, or just over twenty years ago, was I, I was at university, uh, Middlesex University in London, and I met a directing student. Her name was Gina Lee, and she was studying at the same university. And she invited me to be part of her uh, finishing project, which was a Korean play being performed for just two days in London. So I did that and had fun. And then a year later, she got back in touch and said, uh, "I want to do the show again." We're going to do a month in London and I'll pay you or do a month in London and then do a month in Seoul. And I won't pay you, but I'll pay your flights and your expenses, your food accommodation. And as a 22 year old guy <laughs> wanting to see the world, I was like, OK, I'll, I'll go to Seoul. <laughs> um, so. So, yes. Yeah, so I ended up performing in Seoul for a month. Uh, I was there for about a month and a half. 
And uh, I met a girl uh, who was working on the show, and I fell in love, and then I got trapped here. <laughs> <laughs> Your wife must not be home. <laughs> uh, she's she's sleeping in the other room right now. It's fine. He knows. Uh, yeah. So so it was. It, it, I had no plans to come to Korea. I didn't really know much about Korea at all. I'd lived in Japan before. I went to high school there, um, and so I thought, oh, Korea is going to be like Japan, but it's not. It's a completely different kettle of fish. And um, and I was lucky enough that once I was here, uh, I got to be in the first ever Korean cast of the Rocky Horror Show. I was the first ever riffraff. <laughs> Um, and then I, I the, the, one of the best things that's, that's ever happened to me is that I met a man named Roger Rind, uh, and he was artistic director of Lat Children's Theatre, and I ended up auditioning for him in 2002. I joined the company at the start of 2003, and I stayed with them first as an actor and then as a writer and director until the company unfortunately closed in 2015. So I spent a, a long time uh, making theatre for children with that company and then set up my own company with my colleagues called Jambox Theatre. And we're, well, we're a small company. We don't have a lot of money, but we're making the shows that we want to make and, um, and hopefully bringing art to young people. Now, are you making shows for Americans in Korea, for Koreans in Korea, for everybody? Uh, it's for everybody, but of course our target market is Korean children in Korea. We have children from all over the world, if they happen to be here, coming to see us. And the shows that we do, some shows are completely Korean, some shows are bilingual. Um, some shows have an English educational little bit of content. Um, but yeah, the market is for the kids who live here. And uh, and also I think it's it's not just about the language, it's sometimes... It's a chance for them to see a foreign face up close and to realize that, you know, you and I and everyone, we're all people and we're all the same. So if they see a big, hairy white man, they're not scared anymore. They might laugh and have fun with him. I, I, I definitely feel like the theater is this place where people can have experiences with people that they don't see in their daily life and get that sort of familiarity. How did you end up in school in Japan, high school? Um, that was to do with my father's work. My father, um, he's semi-retired now, but he's a material physicist. And he worked for uh, the UK Atomic Energy Authority for a long time. And that took him all over the world. And he ended up doing a lot of work in Japan. And he was going there, you know, pretty much every month for a couple of weeks. And <laughs> we had the family discussion. Would we rather have our father back and forth? Uh, and seeing him not at all, or how about we all move to Japan? So at the age of 16, uh, I headed off with my whole family, apart from my older brother who went off to university, and ended up going to an international high school in Yokohama for two years. And my parents there were, were there for five years and had the most amazing time, well, living in another country for the first time in my life. Did you pick up the language? Uh, not at all. I learned a few words, but I, I was I was studying for university, and so I was learning French. So okay. at school, I was focusing on very high level French. So the Japanese I learned with things like you know turn left, turn right for the taxi, or or how to order a beer. And now, after twenty years in Korea, though you are you can speak Korean. Yes, uh, I'm not. I'm not perfect. I wouldn't say I'm. I'm perfectly fluent, but I work in Korean. I live in Korean. Um, you know, I get around in Korean, and um, I've got more to learn. But uh, 
I'm very happy to be able to speak Korean in Korea because I think if you, I, that's one thing I, I regret about my time in Japan, being 16 and not really thinking about it, that when you're in a country and you speak the language, the, the country opens up to you. In what way? Tell us about that, how speaking a language opens a country up to you. Well, because then you you can you can start to understand and start to communicate and start to appreciate all the different aspects of the culture to be able to talk to someone and not to, not to have to rely on English to be able to talk to them in their own language and start to understand that the way that the way that people use language is so different um the the words we use in Korean um like you look at the names of the subway stations in Korea and some of them you know that that just two characters like Kangnam or Socho or so on, but but they often come from Chinese characters and they often have a deeper, deeper meaning. So if you don't speak Korean on the surface, oh, it's just the name of a subway station. But when you actually understand what that name means, suddenly you start to dive into the history of the area or the culture of the area and you discover that, you know, like every country, there is so much depth. You can dig right down and discover... Well, it's it is a, it's a whole new world. Now, when we, when you got on with me, um, you know, America just had its largest COVID death day. Uh, over three thousand, like almost three thousand two hundred people died yesterday. And my daughter's a COVID tracker, and she tells me that right now, thirty every thirty seconds, someone is dying. Um, you said, "Oh my God, COVID is up in Korea now." What does that mean in Korea? Well, we we've had. Uh, generally a, a, a good time during the pandemic uh, compared to a lot of other countries. Uh, when it first started, apart from China, Korea, I think, was the next country to really have uh, a big wave. We had a wave in Daegu and uh, the city got shut down and everyone was saying, oh, look at Korea, you know, they're, they're going to be in terrible states. And then the government sorted it out. And up until a few weeks ago, we'd had uh, good days and bad days, but on average, we were have getting something like 30, 40, 50 cases a day. Very low numbers. Ooh, that's a wave. 30, 40, 50. We're yeah. getting like a million cases a day. I know, I know. So it's it, it's ridiculous for me to be worried about anything here in Korea when I look at the UK or the US. Um, but at the same time, I'm in my own little bubble, so I do. Um, but recently, the past few weeks, cases have gone up to 600 and um, the figures will come out at 9.30 this morning, but I've already seen one, one um, news reporter on Facebook saying that the numbers are probably going to be over 800, 900 today, which is the first time for Korea. And uh, what do they attribute it to? Uh, I don't know. That's the, that's the really worrying thing. It's, I, we're not quite sure what's happened. But, suddenly but the tracking we, is so extensive. Like It's like this person went into Starbucks and they yeah. didn't have a mask on. And this one, you know. We but don't now have we're, get, we're getting into numbers where the tracking is not as effective. Mm. Because Korea has been used to tracking such low numbers and it's been able to do it so well. But with this sudden spike, uh, it's much harder, I think, to, to test and trace uh, everyone. Um, so, yeah, there have been clusters, but, yeah, it's just we've had this sudden rise and we're having to deal with it. So how are you doing something differently when you're going from 100 cases a day to 800 cases a day? How is that changing your lifestyle? Uh, well, we have these these different tier levels. I think it was a few months ago they, that we had, uh, first of all, we had three tiers and now we've got five tiers. Oh. And at the moment we're at uh, tier 2.5, though we could well be going to tier three pretty soon. So at tier 2.5, 
Um, of course, everyone's wearing masks and washing hands. That's a standard in Korea. Uh, but now you can only get takeout from cafes. Okay. Uh, all restaurants and cafes anywhere serving food has to close at nine. I think you may be allowed takeout after nine, but certainly no eat in dining. Um, numbers are severely restricted for restaurants. Uh, uh, for example, I think on the train now, uh, there are empty seats in between people. And um, also things like karaoke establishments, nightclubs, bars, they're all closed. And that is at 572 deaths in a country of 50 million people. Yeah. That is the behavior in your country. Yep. And um, and w I have to say, uh, we're not the best. You look at Australia and New Zealand and Taiwan, and they're doing even better. But by goodness, I'm proud to live in Korea this year. Yeah, you should be. Yeah, There's a, a, a wonderful documentary on Amazon about the difference between the way Korea handled it and America called Totally Under Control. Mm. Yeah, well, it's, I, I have to say that it's, it's been horrific to wake up to the news every morning, um, to look at what happens in America, to look at what happens in the UK as well, because, of course, that's where my parents are, where my, my older brother and his wife are at the moment. And uh, it's really scary to see how incompetently um, this has been handled, that it could have gone so differently, that the steps that Korea and other countries were taking in February and March, if they had been taken all over Europe and all over the States, we'd have people living, people who didn't have to die. And that, for me, is, is a total failure of government. We're at three. I mean, the, the, the shocking moment last week, as we're recording this, was when the number of deaths went over the number of deaths of 9-11. Mm. We're having more than a 9-11 every single day in the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, what kind of, uh, am I allowed to swear on the podcast? You may swear. It's called You Can't Say That, the show okay. where you can. Okay. What kind of arsehole do you have to be to allow that to happen? It didn't have to be this way. But you've got, when you've got uh, someone like Trump in the White House, and dear God, please, can we get him out now? Um, <laughs> I don't know if he's leaving. Well, well, I really, I'm really looking forward to the day when, when, when we don't have to talk about him anymore. <laughs> we well, I think we're going to be behind. talking about him for a long time because he's the most famous person in the history of fame. And I think today another 116 legislators signed on to this, uh, this Supreme Court petition to overturn the voting procedures of other states. <laughs> it's so I, funny. I just, I find it kind of delicious. <laughs> it, it is. It is. There is so much winning going on. And, and, and I, I just, I really, I really feel sad for the, for American democracy right now. It feels like, like half the country really doesn't believe in it anymore. Mm, mm. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What's interesting you say that because I feel like coming to Korea for me was really this um, lesson that made me appreciate America in a new way. Okay. When I was there in Korea, I was really moved by this sense of community that is there in the culture that allows um, the Koreans to get control of this virus, that their announcements in public, wear a mask for your neighbors, wear a mask for your communities. At the same time, I met many Koreans who were very tortured from the oppression of their individuality and you know, the expectations of them that they either didn't want to meet or were unable to meet. And it made me come back here and feel like, well, maybe the thing that's holding America together is the polarity that the poles are so strong that it's just holding us together. Uh, yeah, I, I, certainly there, there is that point. And certainly in America, you can be who you want to be. Um, and in Korea, that is not necessarily the case. And that, that is a really, a really troubling side of Korea that, that is getting talked about more and more, but there are young people who are unable to, to show their true face and to do what they want to do or say what they want to say or wear what they want to wear. Um, and it's, it's an aspect that Korea is going to have to deal with. Um, and in that respect, yeah, that's, that there is a wonderful thing about the American freedom, being able to be who you are, to be able to say what you want to say. Uh, sometimes, <laughs> in terms of politics, <laughs> it goes too far. Um, <laughs> but I think you're right that that is one, as- one very positive aspect of America. Now. When I when I was with you, you were telling me how many books you read. And I, first of all, people marvel at how much I can do in a day. But I know you have you know a theater company. You have a radio show. You have two radio shows. And and as part of that, you review books. And you've read already three hundred and fifty books this year. I read one of the books on the list that you gave me, and that was "I Have a Right to Destroy Myself," which mm. I really loved. Uh when do you sleep? When do you eat? When do you meet strangers from another country? <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I'm I'm very lucky in that I don't I don't have an office job. I don't work nine to five. Um, and uh, this year, especially, uh, the theatre work has been reduced a lot because of the pandemic. I mean, I've I'm lucky that I've been able to create three online theatre shows and two offline theatre shows. So in that respect, I've had a good year compared to many other people. Um, but in the other work I do, I, I end up commuting a lot. So if I have voice gigs, uh, I may travel to one side of the country, uh, one side of the city rather, and that takes two hours and I have to travel all the way back to the other side, another two hours. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm stuck on a train. <clears throat> uh, give me one second, please. Absolutely. Have a drink. Get yourself <clears throat> getting, I'm getting emotional about the subway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so so I end up having a a, a lot of commute, commuting, and uh, a couple of years ago, I decided to make a change in my life because when I was commuting, I was looking at my phone, and basically, I was looking at social media. 
I was doom scrolling on Twitter or, you know, or I was, you know, playing silly little games. And I used to be a big reader and I thought, okay, why don't I just start reading on my phone? So I deleted some of the apps and I started downloading books. And now most of my reading I do when I'm out of the house, uh, when, I'm, when I'm on a train or I'm on a bus or when I'm, you know, in a cafe, when I'm allowed in a cafe, um, I'm reading and often reading on my phone. I love, I love real books. I love paper books, but they're heavy and they're difficult to take <laughs> with you. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so that's how I'm able to do it, is that it's, it's trying, to, trying to cure my addiction to social media. But, Paul, that's like almost a book a day. Like, how, Paul? How, are you a speed reader? No, no, just some books are shorter than others. And some oh, come on. There's some 10-page books. You read nothing like, you know, I, I have a right to destroy myself is a short book, but I didn't yeah. read it in a day. Yeah, well, for me, I can read. I, I have the right to destroy yourself. It would take me maybe uh, two hours. Oh, my God. That's just how, how I read. And I, I'm not skipping. I just, I, I read fast, and I like to read. And it's like, wait, okay, think of an athlete. Think of, think of um, you know, a, I don't know, a, a sprinter. When they start, they're, you know, they're doing 100 meters in 20 seconds. And as they get stronger and faster, they can do the 100 meters in 19, 18, 17, 16, you know, down to 10.5 seconds or whatever. Um, your brain's like a muscle. And reading is like a sport. The more you do it, the better you get. Wow. So that means you're reading sometimes more than one book in a day. Sometimes, but also I read, I read anything and everything. So I'm reading, I'm reading, you know, classic novels. I'm reading Korean literature. I'm reading graphic novels. I'm reading, I'm reading K-pop romances. <laughs> I'm reading all sorts of stuff. Um, and why such a wide variety? Because I can. <laughs> well, some people who can would be at the pub. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> I, I know, but <clears throat> I think, I think also. You know, you are a Brit after all. As consumers of culture, we we end up watching a lot of trash. So why can't I read trash as well? Um, mm. Because I I think I think there's something valuable to get from every book. Um, no matter no matter how highly regarded it may be, uh, and life would be very boring if all we read was Pulitzer Prize winners. Mm. It's nice to have a variety of things, especially as a creator myself. You know. When I'm tapping into an audience, my audience is not me. So if I'm only reading Shakespeare, my audience is going to be fucking bored. Now, when you talk about your audience, what are you referring to? I'm talking about the, the people who, who listen to me on the radio. Or, so tell us about your radio show. Uh, sure. I've, um, I do three, I've got three different shows I'm on. One is a, a review show for the radio where I, I review radio programs for one channel. Then I have uh, a segment on a show where I talk about Korean literature translated into English. So every week I introduce a book, I do dramatic readings, talk about the translator and the writer. And then um, I've got a show on EBS, which is sort of the major educational radio channel, um, where two hours on a Sunday I give good news headlines, and then I introduce a book or two and again do dramatic readings. Now this sounds like job, career, that you invented for yourself. I mean, I can't imagine there was a, you know, we're looking for someone to do dramatic readings and book reviews. Tell us about that. 
Yeah, um, I don't know. I've been very lucky in my broadcasting career where I've <clears throat> I've fallen into good jobs. So I don't believe it. No, it's not that simple. <clears throat> okay, yeah, sure. It's not that simple, but that's how it feels like. All right, but give us the details. When uh, I started off uh, with a blog back in the 2007, 2008, um, back when a lot of people were blogging about Korea. And so I had a blog called Paul Ajashi where I would just talk about places I was visiting. I was on tour a lot with theater. So I ended up all over the country and discovering delicious food and interesting places. And I take photos and my blog got a little bit of notice. And that got me my first radio gig to be a, a guest on, a, on one of the shows. And from there, the writer on that show moved to a different station. And she got me to be a guest on the new show that she was working on. And then I did that for a few years. And then, again, the same thing happened. Another writer I'd met had called me up and said, do you want to be a guest on this show? And then from there, the producer said, well, do you want to audition to be the host? So then I got, I got well, it's a great gig. I did a show called The Wake Up Crew. I was the, the co-host of that. But it was 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. live. Um, so I did that for three years. <clears throat> it was and preparing then, you for this. <laughs> mm. Exactly. Uh, and then and then again, I, I, I contacted by by an old uh, writer to say, well, do you want to come back on this on this show and then do this and then host this show? And then so it's gone. It's gone from there to there. I I, I don't know about other other careers, but certainly in theater and in media, people remember the people they like working with. Mm -hmm. People remember uh, the people who are good. But just being good is not enough. Mm. You have to enjoy working with them. Because mm. especially with theater, because normally the pay is shit and mm. the hours are long and it's stressful. And so if you don't get on, why bother? Mm. Um, and it's the same in radio that you've got a team. You need to trust the person that you're hiring to come on the show. You need to know that they'll deliver for you, but also that they're not going to be an asshole to everyone else. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I'm very lucky in that, in that, Generally, I get on with people, and I have a good time, and I make people laugh, and we have fun, and then they say, well, do you want to do this as well? Lovely. Lovely. So you said you've got a radio show, reviewing radio shows. Now, are these things you're reviewing uh, English or Korean? I know you said you're reviewing Korean literature that's been translated. Yes. So that's when, when I went to try to find that book in Korea, I couldn't find an English translation. So you must have some special bookstore you're going to get English translations because you gave me a huge list of movies and books and I could not find the translation there. Um, I often and I know Amazon is a terrible company and we shouldn't necessarily buy from them, but I often get ebooks from Amazon. OK, that's one of the easiest ways to do it. I also order online um, like I've got three Three books of po poetry, Korean poetry translated into English, will be with me sometime. They're being shipped mm. from the UK. And, mm. well, depending on the pandemic, I'll hopefully get them as early Christmas presents, but we'll see. How do you choose what's next? I mean, is it just, uh, I just finished reading that kind. I want to I want to do something else. I want to go into a different world. I mean, is it a is it a taste thing? Is it an appetite? Is it recommendations? How are you picking what, where you go into? All of the above. Um, with the radio shows, I, I, I plan the books in advance. So those are my workbooks. How far in advance? Uh, we normally have uh, a month in advance set up. 
So that gives me time to read and to prepare and then search for new books. Um, but when I'm reading for myself, it's as the mood takes me. So I'll be, you know, I'll be scrolling online and I'll see a review for something and I'll impulse buy. Mm. Or I'll look at my bookshelf. I've got, you can, you, you won't be able to see on the, on the wow. podcast, but yeah, you have a room full of books, wall to wall. Yeah, and so I will, I will just see a cover that catches my eye, and I'll pick that up and read it. I'm, I'm, mm. I'm a very simple man. I don't, I don't have any big plan. I just, <laughs> I just go with the flow. And has that, you know, in terms of what we were talking about culturally where Koreans aren't allowed so much to be what they are. And you're, I know you're married to a Korean um, designer, yes? Yes. Um, what's that like in relationship? You know, you've got the freedom of being a white British man and she's got the constraints of being a Korean woman. And that is definitely a second class thing in that culture. What's that like in relationship? Yeah, well, it's, I mean, we're equals in our relationship, but certainly, certainly it's clear that's, not the case necessarily outside. Um, also, she's older than me. So in Korean terms, she's actually has the, the highest status. Ah. She's got the power. Um, and actually, in relationships in Korea, the wife often has the power. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. But, but certainly in terms of how, you know, in, in terms of the patriarchy, in terms of how women are, you know, treated very much second class compared to men, yeah, that's, that's really tough. And and she's had some hard experiences, and I've seen her having hard experiences. There, I've there was one time when we were at a theatre company party, and there we were at the Norebang, at the singing room, and one of the senior male members was getting handsy, um, and I was I was ready to 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 say something or maybe uh, act in a certain way, and. Uh, and 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 she said no no just leave it, um, but I've seen uh, yeah I did this, no this, no this. just leave it yeah uh, 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 uh. yeah this is Korea where sometimes <laughs> just leaving it is better. I another friend um you know who's part of the Me Too movement here in Korea, uh, she's been ostracized because she spoke out at the sexual harassment she faced by her director. So some actors support her, other actors in the company have ostracized her. Now didn't wasn't there a possible presidential candidate who's in jail for sexual harassment? Oh, uh, there's been a fair few. Uh, yeah, there's there's been a couple. And, and that's the good thing about Korea is that the tide is turning in, in terms of how people are, well, um, how people how people view sexual assault and sexual harassment and how the, uh, the perpetrators are actually now being targeted and now being arrested. Um, or or committing suicide before they can be arrested. So, so let's talk about that because, you know, I felt like I felt there's shame in Korea. We don't have any shame in America. There's no yeah. shame in America. Hi, this is Tanya Pinkins, and that was part one of my conversation with Paul Matthews, a Joshi, uh, an expat living in Korea. Come back for part two. You can't say that. You is kind. You is smart. You is important. You is dead. Tanya Pinkin's horror film, Red Pill, brings African-American perspective to progressive movement. We are a majority in this country. And we're going to win the election. 
Do you know what the red pill is? A red pill is someone who infiltrates a group and then destroys them from the inside. This place is spooky. Some people like to live dangerously. Gas, why are you so jumpy tonight? You know what, guys? I'm gonna go back tomorrow. Did you hear about the creature woman that attacked a father and son hunting down here? I don't see the case. This place creeps me out. should call the sheriff's office. The only people missing or dead are brown people. They're after all of us. What do we do, Amelia? We die. But we take some of them with us. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.